This is the game we've all been waiting for. Have a top 10 matchup like we have, it's just a great opportunity. You can tell the, the energy from the team, the coaches is great. The game that's led Irish fans to have all the worries they do have about their team. The competition uh, that we're playing this weekend uh, will certainly require us to play our very best. Because tonight, in many ways, Notre Dame's season and reputation is on the line. If the Irish want to go to the college football playoff, they probably have to win tonight. It's 7th ranked Notre Dame, on the road at 3rd ranked Georgia. It doesn't get much bigger in September than this. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Are the nerves setting in yet? Two years ago, Georgia came to South Bend and edged the Irish. Both programs have skyrocketed since, and tonight they clash again, but this time it will be between the hedges in Athens in a top 10 primetime showdown with college football playoff implications on the line less than a month into the college football season. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined by Kevin Downey, Notre Dame ranked 7th in the country after wins against Louisville and New Mexico, but tonight comes the challenge everyone has been waiting for after wins, uh, you know, they go on the road to an extremely talented third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs team led by quarterback Jake Fromm, an insanely talented cast around him. It will be an 8-15 kickoff on CBS this evening. Kevin, not many, not many giving the Irish a shot in this one. Give me three things the Irish got to do to win tonight. I think the uh, Georgia's very, very good, obviously. That's why they're ranked number three, but they uh... – Notre Dame, if Notre Dame defense stops the run, then they have a chance to be successful. Now, Georgia has a massive offensive line um, and some great running backs, uh, a lot of them. I wish one of them would be able to go to Notre Dame. That could help out their <laughs> roster a little. But um, in all honesty, they with that stopping the run, they have to make tackles. They have to wrap up after the first hit once they get there. I think the second thing, and it ties in with it, is – if you can have success stopping the run on uh, first and second down, ND defense getting Georgia to the uh, third and long, that's where the matchups are going to be a lot better. Anytime I see uh, running back motions and it kind of shifts the responsibilities, someone typically, it would be the Mike linebackers assigned to number three, that's going to be a mismatch and that's going to be a little bit of an issue. But when they get in the third and long, then they can bring in extra DBs um, and rush linemen. And then the third thing comes back to the Notre Dame offense. They have to capitalize on big plays. Uh, you can tell Kirby Smart is a Nick Saban disciple, so very sound, stout defense, and they do one thing. They telegraph when they're going to blitz. You know it's coming. I don't know if you can stop it, but if they can, uh, Notre Dame offense can recognize the blitz and then capitalize on that with a big play, uh, 
that's going to give them a chance to win. All right. On tap on this morning's show, our focus on faith segment is with Notre Dame middle linebacker Drew White. A freak skiing accident back in the spring almost derailed his chances to be the starter, but he persevered. He explains how faith has helped guide him throughout the process and throughout his life. We will, of course, talk a lot about this matchup between Notre Dame and Georgia. Our poll question, what happens tonight? Your options, Notre Dame wins by less than 10. Georgia wins by less than 10. Notre Dame wins by more than 10. Or Georgia wins by more than 10. Head to my Twitter account, at Carlo. Vote. You leave a comment with your answer and reason why. We will give you a response perhaps later in the show. Uh, Kevin, what do you uh, what do you think's leading the way here between these options? What I need you- to do it for the first time ever. I do think that uh, Georgia is going to win by oh, more think- than ten. Oh, okay. You're giving my me vote. your answer. That's yeah. your vote. I was wondering what you thought the fans voted. Oh, well, it's Catholic radio station, Ange. I'm sure that they will be all for Notre Dame. But uh, best case scenario, will be a close game. Realistically, looking at it, Georgia is very good. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> Georgia winning by 10 or more is leading the pack right now Ooh. with 37% of the vote. Now, Notre Dame winning by less than 10 is second at 34%. Georgia winning by less than 10, 24%. Only 5% of the faithful out there think Notre Dame will be, win by double digits. Those are the, uh, I guess your nephew, Joe Klaska of the world's probably that <laughs> voted for that one. Notre Dame, a 14-point underdog in this one. Here's what quarterback Ian Book and defensive lineman Eddie Ogajaji have to say about that. I don't think anyone's too worried about what anyone, what anyone is saying outside of this building. Uh, Coach Kelly just got done saying that at practice. It's about what we do. It's about our preparation. It's about our process. It, honestly, we don't care at all what anyone says. You know, If we're double-digit, we're supposed to lose by double digits. It's kind of a chip on our shoulder. We're going to use that as motivation, and um, I think it's great. You know, the pressure's not on us. We're going down there to do what we got to do, and um, we believe in ourselves. Everyone in this building, this one family, we know what we can do, and we know our potential, so we're not worried. We're we're just confident is what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely good. They're having an underdog story, you know, Cinderella Cinderella story, like little NCAA type of stuff. But, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't really think we're worried about that, you know. We're just worried about winning the game. Even if we're high favorites, we're worried about winning the game. And if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. You know, I don't think it's extra motivation. I think it's just, you know, that's what people, other people think. A.D. Ogundeje. I I practiced that one, you know, for the last two years, but still sometimes gets me. Ian Book and A.D. Ogundeje. Uh, They're no question why the Irish are heavy underdogs in this one, Kevin. Uh, What are some of the biggest reasons why? I think it's just the talent that Georgia has amassed. I mean, their offensive line is massive. They're good. Their running backs, again, they have uh, maybe five really good ones. And then their wide receiver core, if you want to look for a weakness, um, they're young, but they're really, really good. Uh, Number one. (laughs) Their leading receivers right now are two freshmen, and George Pinkins, who you mentioned, is not even a starter. He's not a starter, (laughs) but he leads the way. In in receiving so far, he's already got uh, you know nine catches for 162 yards, and their second leading receiver is also not a starter in Dominic Blaylock. So, and now we're talking about the potential quote unquote weak points. Yes, I mean, right, and well, ever- and Jake Fromm, right? He's one of the best quarterbacks, been tested in the SEC for years. He like was, he has experience. He was decent against Notre Dame. Good. 
he was pretty good against Notre Dame in the in the game two years ago. That was his first career start. Yep. And now he's two years older. So yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good as well. Um, now an experienced junior, completing seventy five percent of his passes. For all the reasons Georgia is so good, we can name it off. The size, uh, the the raw ability, tons of five-star recruits. Yep. Brian Kelly was asked this week, what's the one reason they are so hard to beat? What are one or two things about them specifically that you think makes them a, a really difficult team to beat? The quarterback. The quarterback. He's efficient. He's... Um unflappable um, you can pressure him and he doesn't panic he makes great decisions um, he's sound with the ball um, and, and it generally look when you get down to the really great teams uh, you're gonna get Trevor Lawrence you're gonna get um, you know you're gonna get the great quarterbacks are gonna be the reason why they, they start to separate. And, and Fromm is one of those guys that's, that, that gets you to start to separate. The scary part about that soundbite was there was absolutely no hesitation. Yeah. I mean, he was all over that. I mean, like, he, he's like, eh, Fromm. I mean, <laughs> there, was no, there was no hesitation whatsoever. That, that shows you how much respect he has for Jake Fromm's ability, and that's a concern against this Irish team because, man, um, you know, we, we saw what happened in those couple drives against Louisville, um, and that's against a, you know, inexperienced Louisville squad who struggled a lot last year. I can only imagine what Jake Fromm potentially can do against the Irish uh, here tonight. Well, and those top three teams, as he said, have just great quarterbacks. Um, Again, I'd be just as worried about their massive offensive line and their uh, running backs <laughs> because if they can run the ball and dominate the clock, um, that kind of puts the exclamation point on it. You don't get to see your guy, Ian Book, go out and uh, see what he can do. All right, so let's talk about Ian Book. Uh, 29 of 47 so far this year, 62% completion percentage. That's obviously significantly down from last year. Um, he's thrown for 276 yards per game, uh, mainly because of last year, last week's game. Had uh, six touchdowns last week, five in the air, one on the ground, six touchdowns passing overall. Um, he is ranked fifth nationally in passing efficiency, um, but I just feel like I think the problem that everyone's felt like is that he doesn't feel like that same Ian Book from last year so far. Um, what do you think? Well, we're two games in. Um it seemed to me like he had he got off to a slow start both games. Uh, there was one play where he in last week's game where he got hit, made it, the wide receiver made a great catch and it's like he came alive. And then they started to really explode, and that's when you got to see lots of different guys getting involved. Um, and a lot of those stats too for the passing, there were two little shovel passes that were huge plays that helped kind of pad the stats a little bit. I think. Again, he's very good. Uh, maybe one of the better quarterbacks that I've seen in modern Notre Dame era. But it's two games in, and I mean, this is it. This is going to be his test. I think he's good enough, but it doesn't matter what I think. Obviously, he thinks he's good enough. He's a confident young man. But this is uh, this is it. This is why they play the game. Well, and, and it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It's just going to matter whether or not he can Do perform. It. And yeah, to 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 perform to that level that that he. That he needs to. Um, here's uh, what Ian Book and Brian Kelly 
had to say about Ian Book gaining some confidence last week against New Mexico. You know, I was really happy with uh, being able to make the big, big play when we needed it. thought we might have started a little slow in the beginning, but um, I think you saw that we were able to pick it up as, as the game went on, and that's huge. We need that in offense, and um, it felt good to kind of get in the rhythms, what you're talking about. So when in the second and third quarter, both in Louisville and for this game, to be able to keep rolling, keep scoring touchdowns, keep putting points on the board, like I said earlier, big confidence booster for all of us. Technically, he settled down, uh, was in the pocket, um, you know, got pressured, um, had to deliver the football under duress, setting his feet. It just all those things that we didn't see against Louisville. So, um, again, game two. Um, and, again, I, 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 I want to caution everybody that, that it's so different when you practice, for us, almost six, eight, seven weeks now where you've only played one game, you need to play at real speed. And so to get this game uh, under our belts going into Georgia was, it was really big for us. And to get Ian into a rhythm really helped today a lot. That was Ian Book and Brian Kelly after the New Mexico game. And, again, we're not making excuses here, but Georgia's played three Saturdays in a row. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame played on Monday, then took 12 days off and played uh, on a Saturday last week. That rhythm factor is what Brian Kelly's talking about, and I, I can understand that. Uh, we, we've talked about this, that this start of the schedule has not been beneficial to getting into a rhythm for this team. Well, and uh, he's going to get what he wants, so we're going to have a huge game tonight, and this is going to, as far as focus, there's no question, top 10 matchup at Georgia. I mean, it's going to be so intense. The Nordam players will be ready. It's just up to them to go out and to perform on the biggest, arguably the biggest stage that they'll be on this this year. They've, I feel like they really could have used the schedule being flip flopped a little bit. Virginia's a really good team too, yeah. but they're not Georgia. Correct. Uh, they they play them next week. Virginia home this week, then Georgia on the road next week. I think that really would have been uh, very beneficial to Notre Dame to kind of like kind of just be on that upward uh trajectory yeah trajectory and they don't get that here now you're just getting thrown to the wolves now it's not like i mean vanderbilt uh, you know is, is a is a decent program probably better than louisville but then you know uh who they play murray state and arkansas state so it's not like george has played anyone um so but you know i i, I don't know i just i just worry about he, book not being as I even asked him point blank this week, do you feel like you're as good right now as you were at your peak moments last year? He kind of dodged the question. He just talked about, well, you know, I'm always my worst critic, and I gotta, I gotta do these things better. Blah 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 blah. He answered, but he never really answered the question I had because, quite frankly, I don't think there's any way he believes he's playing as well as he did at his peak moments last year. Well, and part of his peak moments were, um, you know, the college football playoffs, and that, that was a whole different level. And I, Well, I that wasn't his peak moment. That was probably his down <laughs> moment, right? Well, he, he got um, him there. No, no, I know. <laughs> it but was a good action, start. <laughs> but obviously the game against Clemson was not a peak moment. That was uh, – But it's that high level of play, and that's the level he's going to have to be at, and that's why they scheduled Georgia. If they're going to keep um, 
keep progressing. That's what the Notre Dame has to do. We want to thank Tyrac for being such great supporters of Redeemer Radio. The folks at Tyrac underwrite our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are gaining college-level internship experience thanks in large part to the generosity of Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac.com. Um, one benefit for Ian Book gets one of those weapons back. Cole Komet is back. Uh, will play tonight. Still no Jafar Armstrong, still no Michael Young. Uh, Javon McKinley emerged last week. Um, and, and the one nice thing here is, you know, McKinley, could he be that other outside wide receiver and get Chris Fink back in the slot? I think Fink in the slot is much more dangerous than Fink on the outside, Kevin. Yeah, and they they do a whole lot with uh, field and boundary wide receivers, and right now they have Chris Fink as the field wide receiver, so he's way out there. And if you look, Ian Book and typically Kelly's quarterbacks like to throw a lot into the boundary. All right, and then obviously Avery Davis had a very nice play uh, last week as well as he's bounced back and forth yep. between uh, offense and defense a number of times. Uh, no Jameer Smith in this game again, uh, as he's expected. Uh, he's at least doubtful, I should say, uh, in this game. So the Irish are uh, depleted in, in the running back position fiddler's hearth in downtown south bend is a great place to grab a drink eat a great dinner listen to live music locally owned public house fiddler's hearth has 24 beers on tap so your options are plentiful family friendly they have a great sunday brunch from 11 a.m to 2 p.m and they want to reward the loyal listeners of redeemer radio just mentioned you heard fiddler's hearth on redeemer radio to your server you will get 10 percent off your bill that's fiddler's hearth on main street in downtown South Bend. All right, time for a timeout. Coming up later, linebacker Drew White is our guest on Focus on Faith. Up next, we go in the trenches. If the Irish are going to win today, this is where they got to get it done in some form. Can the Irish get it done against the big Georgia Bulldogs? And I mean big. Massive. We'll discuss it next on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services that save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Did you know that Notre Dame FCU provides financial assistance to help our members and participate in Catholic schools? To find out the details, ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you raise share of values. Why not share in our benefits? All right, Angel DiCarlo. Kevin Downey back with you here as we're getting you set for Notre Dame and Georgia coming up tonight at 8 p.m. A top 10 showdown. The Irish ranked 7th in the country. Georgia ranked uh, third in the country. The third all-time meeting between Notre Dame and Georgia. Georgia won 17-10 in the 1981 Sugar Bowl. And, of course, we all remember the game two years ago. Georgia winning 20-19 at Notre Dame Stadium. Chris Fink was asked this week to reflect back on that game from two seasons ago. Um, I remember Pawnee. I mean, I remember we didn't win. I remember some plays that that I uh, that I didn't make that I thought I could have. Um, I mean, I basically don't remember all of it. But I mean, we we know that last time we played him didn't go the way we wanted. Um, but at the same time, 
every year is a new year. And, and I've been saying, you know, whether we play Louisville or New Mexico or Georgia, we're not really thinking about what we've done two years ago and, you know, half the team wasn't even here. Um, we're just thinking about what our goals are, which is week by week to win and to prepare. Um, and, and if we do that the right way, then, then we think that we can take care of things. All right. He's not thinking about that right now, but I think we all are in terms of, um, you know, the thing that stands out to me, what I remember most, Notre Dame had an awesome offensive line. They had McGlinchey. They had Nelson. And they had an awesome running back in Josh Adams. Remember, it was well, and that's 33 when they trucking. Yeah. They, you know, it was like <laughs> he was going for the, And they had Wimbush. And they had and the focus of we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. And what did they do against Georgia? They didn't run it at all. They couldn't. Now they got no run game, an offensive line that's struggling. And I just am having a hard time wrapping my head around Notre Dame having more than 30 yards rushing in this game. Well, yeah, they're going to have to figure out how to run the ball. Um, you know what I remember for that game was, even though it was at Notre Dame Stadium, the fans. It was well, a red out. You have a hostile environment. And like Fink said, half the roster wasn't there, so they don't know about it. Okay, that means half the roster is going to go into Athens, <laughs> into uh, the most hostile environment in the heart of SEC country for the first time. So that'll be an intense wrinkle for those young or inexperienced guys, too. Uh, no question about that. And, uh, you know, if we if we look at now this battle um, in the trenches uh, on the offensive line for Notre Dame versus the defensive line, line of Georgia, um, I, are you as surprised as I am by the inability to run the ball so far this year from well, Notre Dame? We knew that the, uh, the running backs were going to be uh, – inexperienced compared to the years past and a little maybe a little bit less explosive just from watching a couple practices but the offensive line again those are good recruits we're tall they are tall rangy guys um but they especially short yardage they just have to get their pad level down the past two teams uh they let a lot smaller people get up and under them and that to me i think is leading to their ineffectiveness running all right, Brian Kelly was asked about the ineffectiveness of the run game after the win over New Mexico. Yeah, could we have been better today? Probably. But they weren't going to let us run the ball up inside, so we're going to move to some other things that we can do. We threw for almost 450 yards, and it's the nature of college football today. And you better be able to do both. If you can't run it because they don't want you to run it, you better throw it. And if you can't, you're in trouble. I think we can do both. That. <sighs> They weren't going to let us run it. You're, they're playing New Mexico. I don't care if New Mexico put all 11 guys in the box. You should be able to hand the ball up, run it up the middle, and get four yards. No? Am I uh, wrong? Especially with the offensive I'm, line. That should be your strength. I'm not dis trying to disrespect New Mexico, yeah. but they're New Mexico. If, if they're, you got to be able to pound the ball against them. And I will agree you have to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. I just don't know Notre Dame's capable of doing both. I definitely don't think they're capable of doing both in this game. Here's my question for you. Are they game planning to run the ball tonight? Or or do they just say, to heck with it. We know Book's going to have to throw the ball 60 times for us to have a shot. 
Well, Notre Dame likes to be balanced, so usually they would practice 50-50. Uh, I know when I was a coach, if I did feel a little overmatched, then I may shift, may not talk about it, but subtly shift the reps over to uh, a little bit more passes, quick passes, things to get the ball out of the QB's hands. Georgia's defensive line, Tyler Clark, 6'4", 300 pounds. Michael Barnett, 6'4", 304 pounds. David Marshall, 6'3", 273. He's the small one. The second team, by the way, is even bigger, and they will all play. Um, meanwhile, you turn to the other side of the ball. All right. Georgia's offensive line is massive. Mm-hmm. Everybody is above 300 pounds. The smallest guy starting on the offensive line is 318 pounds. Notre Dame's defensive line was supposed to be a strength. Perhaps the biggest strength of this team, led by the defensive ends, Khalid Kareem and Julian Aquara. Kareem has five tackles. Julian Aquara has one. Now, Brian Kelly said this week, hey, look, those guys' numbers aren't as high as you would expect because Louisville, New Mexico knew they're bringing the pressure. They got to get rid of the ball right away. I don't know. I. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I still expect to see more from those two. And we have – they have not – you wouldn't know they're the two of the best defensive ends in the country right now through two games. Well, and this isn't a knock on them, but with this matchup, those guys are speed pass rush guys. And these offensive linemen, especially when they get into like jumbo formations, two tight ends, they just line up and mash you. Well, I mean, but these guys got to come. I mean, yeah. you, you know, here's – They're going to have to use their speed. The interior defensive line has struggled uh, a, a little bit, uh, especially they just not getting the push. Mike, I mean, Dalen Hayes on the, when he's rotated in, yep. and and Adia Ogundeje have both played really well. Uh, I'd argue they may be playing better than Kareem and Aquara. Anyway, you just say here's our best four defensive linemen, and let's put them all out there, even though they're all basically defensive ends. Is there a way to make that work? I, well, n- no. <laughs> no, because the massive offensive line in the run game for, versus Georgia, that would be a bad plan because they'll just continue to run the ball. Why those guys have stood out is because of the rotation, but also because they got them into third and long. When they get into third and long, then they can substitute and they get more of the speed rushers on the field and more of the you know safeties kind of subbing in for linebackers. So that leads to their strength. But you got to be able to stop them on first and second downs to get to Notre Dame's true strength on defense currently. Unless they just all step up and have an amazing out-of-body experience, which can happen. That's why they play the game. They're college kids. And stopping them on first and second down, DeAndre Swift averaging nine yards per carry at running back. So that will make that aspect real easy. All right, want to let everyone know we have a big week coming up here at Redeemer Radio next week. This is your local Catholic radio station. We're a nonprofit organization, and while programs like this exist thanks to so many of our great sponsors, the station as a whole it exists thanks to donations from our listeners. Our biggest fundraiser, Shareathon, begins this Monday. We'd love for you to help support us and keep shows like this on the air. You can donate ahead of time. Right now, you can go to RedeemerRadio.com, click on the Donate Now button, and please put sports in the additional comments. Again, um, hey, if you if you can throw in 500 bucks and a 1000 we will gladly take it. But if you're someone that can only... Hey, I, I can throw in 25 bucks. I can throw in 50 bucks. Awesome. We will take whatever. All of it counts. All of it adds up to keep Catholic Radio on the air here in Michiana. All right, coming up, speaking of a good Catholic, 
Drew White, starting middle linebacker for the Notre Dame football team. Well, his path to starting uh, is a pretty remarkable one, considering he injured his shoulder during spring practice while skiing on spring break. Needed surgery, needed surgery and nearly lost his shot. But he battled through, and he will live out his dream to start in a big-time matchup tonight. Focus on faith with Drew White is next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Hi, this is Tony Catanzari from Catanzari Financial Services. We are proud to bring you this message and invitation from the legendary Lou Holtz. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's word. We receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. What a great message from Lou. When it comes down to it, this is all about family values for us at Catanzari Financial Services, and I bet for you too. If you would like to develop a retirement plan that reflects your family values, visit CatanzariFinancial.com to register for classes held through IU South Bend or email me directly at Tony at CatanzariFinancial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investment, Inc., member SIPC. And the legendary Lou Holtz was our guest on Focus on Faith last week. Great conversation about faith, family, and football. You can download the Irish Sports Saturdays podcast. Just search Irish Sports Saturdays wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can listen to that 21-minute-plus interview with Lou Holtz. Always very inspiring. And, of course, he's got his great new book out from Ave Maria Press. Um, so pick that up as well. Nice, short, 75-page read. Um, so no question, uh, it was great to have Lou Holtz on last week. And, and now we go from a former Notre Dame coach to an up-and-coming Notre Dame middle linebacker in, in Drew White. And it'll be interesting to see how Drew White handles things here tonight against Georgia, Kevin. Yeah, Drew Wright has a uh, history of following really good people, right? <laughs> for our interview, and then last year when he had to go in for uh, Tavon Coney. So, yeah, he's. I'm excited to learn more about him um, just from a, a strict coaching perspective. I think especially for his game, if he can wrap up after he makes first hit, he's in the right spot a lot of times. So um, if he can finish it up with just wrapping up, he'll make more tackles and the defense will be better. A lot of that, you know, first, second down stuff will kind of come together. Um, but again, what's neat for me with this focus on faith segment is you just get to get behind the scenes, learn about people. I'm sure I'll be a, uh, a lot bigger fan of drew white after. Well, he came in for Drew Tranquil last year against uh, oh, oh, okay. against. I knew Navy. it was one of those two. Yeah, well, it was one of the good ones. Uh, he was competing for a starting job in the spring on spring break, went skiing, freak accident, injured his shoulder, needed surgery, ended up winning the job anyway, leads the team in tackles for loss right now with three, uh, comes from a Catholic family, went to fame, St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic High School in Florida. Here's Focus on Faith with Irish middle linebacker Drew White. You've had a very interesting journey uh, here to becoming the starting linebacker in Notre Dame. I'm wondering uh, when it set in, maybe in those moments before the Louisville game that you had gotten to this point, uh, what was kind of going through your mind? Um, yeah, it was, it was very exciting. Um, you know, right before the Louisville game, really the only thing that went through my mind was um, trusting trusting the preparation that I, I had put in through all of the months prior. So during the actual game, I wasn't making it 
too big of an event for myself. I was really relying on just the preparation um, that, that I already had had put in for myself um, and the team as well. So, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, I think something that's important is just living in the moment um, and not really thinking outside of, of what's going on, just, just, you know, whether it's play by play or, or just hour by hour, just, you know, living in the present. I was reading your your dad and your grandpa are, are big Notre Dame fans. Uh, were you a big Notre Dame fan growing up as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, might might be kind of weird because we grew up Miami Hurricane fans and Notre Dame fans. <laughs> that is a little weird. <laughs> yes, but uh, you know, come from South Florida, we had to we had to represent our home team. But at the same time, you know, Notre Dame is is just a special place. It's a special university. Um, you know. Really, my whole whole family, going back to my grandparents, even my great grandparents, were were Notre Dame fans. Um, so really, it was just brought up in, into the culture. We're talking with Drew White, starting middle linebacker for the Notre Dame football team, as the Irish are getting set to take on Georgia in a top ten showdown. This is our focus on faith interview on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. It seems like you're definitely very uh, close with your family. You guys are Catholic. How important was faith for you guys growing up? Yeah, it was it was extremely important. Um, you know, going going to church every Sunday morning. Um, you know, whether it was early eight a.m.s and me and my brother might have not wanted to go at the time. Um, it was it was a really good place for for my whole family um, to just grow um, as a as a family a unit, um, and we all just got really closer um, as as we you know went through church and, and went through different um, events, um, and it was it was really awesome, special. You went to St. Thomas Aquinas, a big Catholic high school there in Florida. What was that experience like, and how much did you grow, you know, not only as a player, but, you know, as a person and spiritually? Yeah, so my, my head coach um, at St. Thomas, uh, Roger Harriet, he, he's a really special man. He's, he's one, of my, uh, one of my most um, important role models in my life. And he's really big on, on, on making his players a, um, better people, not just better players. He doesn't just, just see um, you know, us, or us at the time at, as just football players. He saw us as young men that he wanted to prepare um, for society in the future. And I really saw a parallel between you know, St. Thomas and Notre Dame, obviously two prominent um, Catholic institutions that do have great athletics, but at the same time are focused on just creating better people for the community. What are some of the Catholic traditions here at Notre Dame that, that stand out to you that, that you appreciate and, and, and has helped you grow here as well? So definitely my favorite place on campus, which is the Grotto. Um, I go there. I try to go every week. Sometimes I don't make it. I definitely make it on finals week, though. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's just a great, a great place to reflect. Um, there's a certain... Um, just aura that that radiates from uh, the grotto, and um, it's just it's just really um, really great place to be to, to reflect on yourself and where you are, um, and then also just the the mass um, the day before the game. Um, you know whether not all the guys are are um, Christians, um, but at this at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know we get into mass and and we're just a family, um, and we can reflect on on our faith um, or energies that we know that are going to help us um, win that game as a, as a team. This is Focus on Faith on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame middle linebacker Drew White is our guest. All right, I mentioned you had an interesting uh, journey to get this to get to this point. Three-star recruit coming out of high school. You redshirted your freshman year. You got hurt at the start of last season. 
And then, boom, out of nowhere, Drew Tranquil gets hurt in that Navy game, and you're thrust into there. And, and I know a lot of people uh, were kind of like looking, who, who's, who, who is this coming into the game? Was it weird, you know, first getting thrown in there out of, out of nowhere because Drew was basically playing every single play at that point? Mm-hmm. And then to find out people were like, didn't even realize who you were because you're a pretty good high school player. No, it, it was funny. I, I, uh, I got a lot of got a lot of. Uh, messages and stuff on social media um, saying that, you know, fans or, or people I knew were proud of me for stepping up. Um, you know, since I got here, it, it, it hasn't been an easy road. Um, it's been, you know, trouble with some adversity and rough moments, rough patches. Um, but really just staying faithful um, to God, faithful to myself, um, you know, knowing that, you know, if I just, you know, put my head down and work, it's all going to pay off. Um, you know, Drew Tranquil actually did a great job of, of, of leading the young guys to where if he did go down, um, you know, we, we weren't panicked, we were prepared. Um, and that's kind of where I go back to, you know, if you do have good preparation and you get thrown into a moment like that, you're not going to make it bigger than it is because you're just, you're just falling back on your preparation they've already put in and you're just, you know, playing it play by play. You didn't get many more opportunities after that game, and then come the spring, one of those rough patches. You're ready to compete uh, for the starting job. You get to go on spring break. You go skiing, and then there's an accident that happens. Uh, what happened? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty freak accident. Um, um, I was having I was having a great spring. Um, decided to not go down to to sunny south florida to the you know the party scene decided to to go into the mountains and what i thought would have a you know relaxing time um turned out with just a freak accident you know wasn't on a triple black diamond right <laughs> nothing like that um you know just just going out some easy runs um just freak freak of an accident um and it was it was really crushing um you know it, um when i told my family it was it was really hurtful when I told the coaches. It was even worse. Um, I did, I felt like I, you know, I might have let myself down. I, I let my team down um, for that opportunity that I was trying to take. Um, but it actually proved to be one of, one of the, probably the greatest moments of of my college career so far. What came out of it, um, it really humbled myself. It really even focused me um, just to just to stay through the process whether how you know how many adverse moments you're going to have um in your career just 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 keep working and, and trusting in yourself did your faith help you get through that because clearly you can be at the point maybe in may or june that i i don't know what's going on anymore oh 100 percent. so i mean a big thing for for me is you know i come out every practice and every game trying to trying to play like it's my last play um you know i, I i've known just through through past experiences and, and other guys will tell you how fast it can be taken away um, through injury. I mean, this this sport is, is pretty brutal and it's violent and, you know, you, you can get hurt at any moment. So every time I take the field, um, I pray to God that, you know, he keeps me and my brother safe. Um, but at the end of the day, some things happen and, and that's why I always always play as hard as I do. I know you're pre-med also, so you've probably gotten to, to know uh, team doctor uh, Brian Radigan uh, from South Bend Orthopedics quite a bit so far. Yeah, Dr. Radigan is a great guy. I actually got to know him just in the recruiting process before I got here because um, he also was a linebacker here and went through uh, the pre-med track. Um, 
So I talked to him about, you know, even if it was possible, how hard it, how hard it was, how hard was it? And um, so I got to know him before that, and then I also got to know him quite a bit just through some of the uh, operations that he did on me. But um, no, he he's one of my favorite guys on staff, and and I'm just really glad I, you know, I have a close relationship with him. Drew White, middle linebacker for Notre Dame, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, heading into a top ten matchup with Georgia. All right, so you. You go through the surgery, you get through the recovery, and then you have to get into fall camp. I mean, not many people are giving you a shot to win this job. Did you did you think you were going to win it, or were you actually kind of surprised that you end up winning, considering that you know you're you had some setbacks that were preventing you from advancing to the point where you expected to be? Yeah. Um- yeah, it, it was kind of in between. Um, you know, of course, I didn't go into the fall camp thinking I had secured the position because, I mean, obviously I, I haven't, I hadn't secured anything, but at the same time I knew I trusted my abilities and I just played every practice like I had something to prove, a chip on my shoulder. And I think that really helped me out a lot. And, you know, something that I'm doing now is, is playing the same way that I was playing when, you know, no one, you know, might have heard of me. It's, it's the same way. You always got to play a, a chip on your shoulder playing like you are the underdog and you have things to prove. Um, you know, a big thing that, you know, I believe in and Coach Lee um, preaches to us all the time is, you know, when you think you have arrived at whatever goal that you set for yourself, um, you know, you're just going to be mediocre um, when, when you think you have arrived at some place. You, you never think you have to never think that you have arrived at your goal. You're always striving to for more and more. All right. So you, you're named the starter, which had to be an awesome moment. You get there, you, you're starting against Louisville and you guys did settle, settle in there after those first two drives against Louisville. And, and you had a good game from there on. The defense had a pretty good game from there on. And then afterwards, your dad and grandpa were, were in the stands, right? So um, you got to go up the, into the stands. Well, considering everything we've talked about here, what was that like to, to go up there and, and share that moment with them? Yeah, it was really special, um, especially because I didn't know if they were going to be able to make it. You know, Hurricane uh, Duran, I think it was called, um, you know, was uh, making them unsure if they were going to be able to get, you know, c- catch a flight out of Florida um, during that time. So it was really iffy if they were going to be able to make it. So once I saw them in the stands and once I got a text before the game, but really seeing them in the stands, um, it just really made me proud. Uh, you know, I just I, I can't thank them enough. Those are two guys, two guys in my, uh, in my family that are my biggest role models. And, you know, I'm just really glad I can make them proud. All right. So here you are now, two starts under your belt and you're going to go into the biggest game of your career. Top 10 matchup uh, against Georgia under the lights on the road. Um, I imagine as a as a kid, Notre Dame fan growing up as a kid, th- this is kind of what you dreamed of. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's, it's a big game. I'm, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. But, you know, at the same time, it's it's all about the little things that lead up to big things. So, you know, I'm just, you know, through this week, I'm, I'm working on alignments and communications to get us into the right positions, um, you know, focusing on my footwork and, and um, tackling ability. And when really you focus on all that and, and you prepare throughout the week, you're going play by play. You're, you're not thinking about how big a game this is. You're not thinking about how many people are in the stands, how many people are watching. You're going play by play. Um, I'm trusting in your process, um, and everything's going to hopefully work out. Drew, thank you very much. Thank you. That's Notre Dame middle linebacker Drew White joining us on Focus on Faith. What stood out for you, Kevin? Well, I think just going through the adversity, um, you know, 
that's a, a kind of a wild ride to get there. And again, hopefully I wasn't too tough on him about wrapping up. Maybe it's a medical <laughs> thing. I'm a I, jerk. I think he's good now. <laughs> I think he's good now. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a neat young man. I think it was really interesting that he got to know the Notre Dame doctor and the recruiting process uh, that Dr. Agan went through that as well. So yeah, there's a lot of neat stuff. Like I said, that's why I like the, the segment so much. You get to get behind the scenes. Here's the crazy part. As I was walking out of the room when I interviewed him, literally ran into Dr. Radigan. <laughs> I said, hey, I just interviewed Drew White. He said great things about you. He goes, oh, man, great kid. He's going to be doing surgeries on us one day. <laughs> so uh, awesome. Drew White definitely has a uh, bright future, it sounds like, indeed. All right, if you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life today. Coming up right after us, Lenny DiLorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life, is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. All right, coming up, what should Brian Kelly be worried about most today? What about Kirby Smart? We'll give our game predictions for this top 10 showdown between Notre Dame and Georgia. You're listening to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio 95.7 FM. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! SEC top level defense, um, well coached uh, and and uh, attacking uh, when they want to and can play zone coverage, man coverage. Uh, again, probably not telling anybody here what you haven't seen. Uh, it's all true. <laughs> it's all true. Very very good defense, depth, talent at every position, um, experience, and uh, I think more than anything else, um, you know. From, from our perspective, probably the, the deepest defense that we've seen in the sense that they can keep bringing players at you. Uh, we've seen some really great defenses over the last few years, but haven't had the kind of depth that they have. Well, after hearing that, that I, when I was sitting in the press conference and he rattled that off, I was like, man, he has me deflated about, <laughs> about Notre Dame's chances. I mean... And like you said, it's all true. Um, this is a very, very good Georgia defense. So um, how, do you, how do you combat it? How do you combat it if you're Notre Dame? What are you doing if you're Chip Long? What's the game plan? Well, I think it, it's going to come back to uh, quarterback, to Ian Book. Um, I think he's going to have to do some quick passes. They're going to have to get creative. Uh, again, your core is really strong, but – Going back to Georgia's strengths, so from the top down, Kirby Smart is a disciple of Nick Saban, who is a defensive, um, I'm not even going to say genius, he's just so sound, and you can see when you watch their defenses play, either Alabama or um, Georgia, it, they're just sound, they don't make mistakes. So again, even their, their, the, the area that I think that Notre Dame could attack is they're so sound that when they do blitz or when they do do something different, you can tell as a fan, I'm sure my nine-year-old son will be like, oh, wow, look, there's a lot of guys running around <laughs> that, that uh, they're just always in position. So 
for Notre Dame, they're going to have to capitalize when they do declare a blitz and uh, try to throw a ball up and, and win a 50-50 jump ball. Here's what Ian Book and Chris Fink had to say about the Georgia defense. They're good. They're, they're fast, they're strong, they're athletic, they're patient. Um, so we just know that we're going to have to make plays and do a rest. I think they got a great scheme and they got some athletes, obviously. Uh, they got some guys that can fly around, um, a lot of speed out on the field. And um, you know, obviously for a quarterback that makes the windows smaller, challenges myself to give our guys a shot. The windows are going to get smaller. And um, yeah, that's really what I would say. The speed might be a little bit di uh, different. I think they got a really good scheme as well. You know, Book talking about the windows being tighter. The Irish can't afford turnovers in this game. Um, they need him to complete his percentage. Uh, they they don't need they can't afford sixty two percent from being booked tonight. They need to be higher, and I don't know how it's going to be, but they basically need Ian Book to play the best game of his career tonight to have a chance in this game. For sure, he's he's their strength, and then we need that. Or we sorry, Notre Dame <laughs> needs that offensive line to step up, uh, and again. It's going to be at the highest level, so they're going to get tested. They're the front six, the four defensive linemen, the two linebackers that um, Georgia has are solid. And from what Brian Kelly says, all their depth, all the guys behind them are solid. Uh, to me, the impact player was number twenty, their safety, and you got to fight through a lot of guys to even get to him. Uh, so yeah, it's a challenge. And again, O line quarterback, that's going to be the way. If there's uh, a way to make it happen, that's going to come down to them. All right, uh, let's flip the sides now and talk about the Georgia offense against the Notre Dame defense. Size a big factor there as well. Here's Eddie Ogundeje and Brian Kelly on facing up against the Georgia offense. They're physical. They're well coached. They do things the right way. They're not going to beat themselves. You know, you got to go out there and you got to play hard. You got to have to beat them. They're not going to get penalties and all that. You know, they're going to come out there and play football the right way. Extremely um, physical. Um, and, and a big offensive line that, that moves very, very well. Andre Swift at the running back position, Heron Cook. I mean, they have probably five running backs that uh, can touch the field and, and uh, do great things with the ball in their hands. All right, uh, and again, that offensive line, 318 pounds is the smallest guy. Massive. So, uh, again, this defensive line has to pick it up. The linebackers have to play their best game. Um, here's the thing. I'm wondering. We kind of talked about this last week. Um, does Notre Dame try to get their best personnel on the field? Linebackers are obviously a weak point of this team. We know how good Kyle Hamilton is. You mentioned, do you sneak a Loey Gilman into the box? I was wondering whether or not he's too small, but... I mean, he's one of our best players. He's dude. one of the best players, and Hamilton is one of your best yeah. players. Certainly, Jalen Elliott is one of your best players. Yep. You probably want to get those three guys in the game for a majority of this game, and the only way to do that is if you were to sneak Gilman up. Yeah, well, and I think, I think, if they can get him to third and long, then it's easy. It's just plug and play. You substitute, get a linebacker out, <laughs> get Hamilton in. The trouble is going to be that matchup because Georgia. They like to run a lot of two tight ends, a lot of jumbo, which forces you. You don't really want to run uh, six defensive backs against um, 
two <laughs> extra tight ends in the box. So it, it's it's just going to put pressure on them. Uh, you know, they may come to a point where they say, hey, we want our impact guys out there. We're going to let it roll, blitz, stunt, do lots of stuff just to, to try to turn it up. But they're going to have to start out, I think, just to see the matchup with their core personnel against Georgia's core run personnel. All right, we've talked a lot about what worries you if you're a Notre Dame uh, person. What, if you're Kirby Smart, what worries you heading into this game? Well, if I'm Kirby Smart, I'm a uh, safe and disciple, so I'm going to be worried about everything, <laughs> including the media. No, uh, honestly, he's he's a defensive guy. He has such a defensive focus, so I'm sure that they're uh, trying to figure out how to take Ian Book out of the equation as far as what he does well. Um, they're going to do what they do on defense and try to pressure him. And then, you know, he's so defensive-minded, again, like Saban, that – they're going to take care of the ball on offense. There's not going to be turnovers, and they're going to run the ball so that his defense doesn't get tired. Our poll cl- question was, what happens tonight? ND win by less than 10, got 34% of the vote. Georgia wins by less than 10, got 24% of the vote. Only 5% think Notre Dame will win by double digits. The winner is Georgia winning by 37% of the vote. Georgia wins by more than 10 points. Uh, Mara wrote, a night game away at the stadium of a team with a chip on their shoulder for not making the playoffs last season. What could possibly go wrong? Seriously, though, I love my Irish. I would love to see them play a great game. I'm afraid their weaknesses are going to show tonight in a big way, unfortunately. And Jason Gaddies wrote, no confidence whatsoever. Go Irish. <laughs> so, um, understandable in those sentiments. All right, Kevin, what's your prediction here tonight? I hate to do it for the first time in two years, but I do think Georgia is the uh, better team at this point. So Georgia 38, Notre Dame 10. Wow. Wow. You went all the way there. Uh, Notre Dame has given up 30 points or less in 16 straight games. That ends tonight, folks. I say Georgia wins by a score of 34 to 20. All right. uh, Maybe we're wrong. Hopefully we're wrong, right? It could be be great. It could be possible. An Irish win. We'll, we'll find out. That'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Matt Florian. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Georgia will kick off at 8.15 p.m. tonight on CBS. I'll have updates throughout the game on social media. We will, of course, be back here with you next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to recap this one and preview another top 25 showdown as the Irish will host Virginia next week. But tonight, it's a top 10 showcase. Number 7, Notre Dame at number 3, Georgia. A chance for the Irish to show the world they can indeed wake up the echoes between the hedges. We close our show the same way the Irish will close their pregame with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. 
Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.